Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. It doesn't feel that much different than 2020 so far, honestly. Um, (laughs) Thanks for listening, though. We appreciate it. Uh, We'd love it if you gave us a five-star review. By the way, you probably didn't know this. Five stars equals five pounds lost on your uh, 2021 New Year diet. Yep, it's a guarantee. If you only give us three stars, you only lose three pounds. Sorry. How many you want to lose? Just, it's science. It's how it works. So if you would like to uh, shed a little bit of that COVID-19 it's, weight you gained over the last year, it's, it's give also us five fitness, stars. Blake. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> fitness uh, five-star review in your schedule. So uh, that'll help. Yeah, give us a, a review. <laughs> that may or may not actually happen. Uh, you can also subscribe, obviously. All that good stuff. Uh, today we are talking about the debut album from Taking Back Sunday, entitled "Tell All Your Friends." Uh, and Kyle, our friend, is going to tell us about it right now. Kyle, take it away. Okay, so guys, I'm going to keep it short, but I'm going to start by saying, uh, in my vast research on Wikipedia, um, it is it, there's so much information about this record. It's kind of crazy. Uh, like uh, Chris had mentioned. We did Saves the Day, just a classic record, and there was no information. This, there are, there is endless amounts of information. So I'm just going to like touch on some stuff. If you guys know anything, have any questions, maybe we can get to that. But um, I'm just going to go through like the highlights. We'll do cool. it. Cool. So it was released March 29th, 2002. I didn't know this, but the first thing that kind of uh, surprised me was Adam, the lead singer was originally their bass player and not oh. singer. Did you guys so, know that? No, I did not know that. But I didn't know much about the original form of this band. Yeah. Honestly. So I guess I guess they had they they released like a five song EP and just got a ton of buzz. And I, I don't know about you dudes, but like I I really like Taking Back Sunday. But I I distinctly remember it was kind of another like scene change, like, oh, this new kind of emo that people yeah. were freaking out over. Oh, and yeah. like, I really, really liked them. I did not love and appreciate them at, at that time as much as others were loving and appreciating them. Agreed. And so like, uh, I guess I was just a little bit confused because I, I think in other like shifts prior to this, every every new big thing kind of blew me away immediately. They did not quite blew me away immediately and um anyway they they put out a five song ep it it got a lot of uh it got a lot of recognition i guess they had a lot of labels looking at them but ultimately victory encouraged them to go ahead and record an album i'm not positive i think they i think they went ahead and recorded tell all your friends or at least like a demo version of tell all of your friends and then they were signed to victory right away so I'm I'm a little bit uncertain about whether or not it was the record that we all know and love or if it was just like demo versions of it. But even so, Victory won. And then, um, man, there is just a lot of... Uh, a lot of drama in their history. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah, which we touched on in the brand new episode, obviously, yeah. about uh, your favorite weapon, because obviously they had some of that beef between the two of them. No, okay, Lord. no, wait. Remind me. So so Adam was the bass player originally, and they had a different lead singer? Well, no, so here's it? what's even weirder is Jesse 
Lacey was, I know the, he was, was the bass the was the bass right. player originally. So Adam wasn't right. even in the band. Okay, so Jesse okay. was in the band before Adam was even in the band. Exactly. Okay. John Nolan makes out with Jesse's girlfriend. Like right. Jesse quits taking back Sunday. Right. Uh somewhere in 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 there, Adam joins Taking Back Sunday as the bassist. <laughs> Adam <laughs> makes out with John Nolan's or but no, that's after Adam all this, cheats, right? cheats on John Nolan's sister. Right. And then John Nolan pieces out. <laughs> and so just it's like a revolving it, door of well, so you know there's like 300 million people in America at this point. Like, could they just find like some I, other I girls? Well, and what's really <laughs> what's really weird to me is I guess I didn't realize, and maybe because I was I just wasn't paying that close attention. But I didn't realize John and uh, their bass player Sean. I didn't realize that those guys left like right after this record blew up. Well, it was so it was. I mean, it was not right after it blew up. I mean, I saw them on tour with those guys still well, in the I mean, band. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was after was, the f- first record. Right, yes. You know what I yes. mean? Like, I mean, it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it, yeah, pretty it, shortly it, after it, the first record. I mean, it was, but it was probably 2003, 2004 or whatever by the time they left the band, I think. I mean, still short, but yeah, they both left and went and did Straylight Run with the uh, aforementioned sister, Michelle. Great right. debut. Yeah, which good, is great. I love great that album. Yeah. Um, and well, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so that, so, so Adam, so how does he go from bass player to singer? Is it just like, do they not have a singer at all at that point? Or is so, it just John doing vocals? Well, John and the other singer, okay, like so they were still doing, they were singer. still doing okay. the two vocal thing. Okay. And then uh, I guess something wasn't jiving. I, I think, I don't think it would be much of a leap for me to say, maybe perhaps there was drama with the first singer. And <laughs> do you think, do you think maybe someone made out with someone's girlfriend? Maybe someone made out it's with some, common... someone made out with someone for sure. Yeah, and, that had uh, have happened. and so he left and then they just asked Adam to do it. And from what I understand, it, it sounds like John and Adam were close buddies and really hit it off creatively. And they, and like most of this record was written by them in an apartment, late at night, like really creatively hit it off. And so that, I mean, as funny as it it is to make jokes about like drama or whatever, it is super sad to see two dudes that were gelling like that and like creating Mm -hmm. something new and exciting, have a falling out and stop making music. But I also understand because it's not just some girl, it's your sister. Oh yeah. You can't (laughs) cheat on a dude's sister. You know what I mean? That's a more complicated, uh, you know. I mean, you got to take a hard stance on that. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I feel like I feel like if you don't, you in the long run, you seem like a worse person, right? Yeah, it's I would say make so. Christmas for sure. is awkward too, you know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like it could even be like, family Dude, first. It's my sister. You know, I got to do this. You know what I mean? Like I got to support yeah. her. So. Yeah. Um, so I quit. <laughs> yeah, lots you know of, I had to. I gotta yeah. love you guys. There's, gotta go. There's definitely lots of drama, and there was plenty of, as we talked about in the brand new episode. There's plenty of the sort of like, instead of being East Coast, East Coast versus West Coast, it was just two different New Jersey bands. But um, you know, this part you, of the I East Coast like, with this part of the East Coast, like people were really taking a side. You know what I mean? It was like I felt like people didn't uh, weren't neutral on if you were like a hardcore fan, like yeah. you were not neutral. In, in any of these breakups, any of them, you yep. were like either you were no, like I, all in on taking back Sunday or you were all in on brand new, or you were all in on uh, John's stuff, but not we'll have Adam's to, stuff. When we go, when we go to there's no I in team, we're going to have to talk about what sides we are on. Cause I mean, I had totally. a side. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
okay, so, so, so uh, I, I didn't mention it was produced by a guy named Sal Villanueva. I apologize if I've mispronounced that, but that I'm good. Or, that Sa- good. Salvatore yeah. Villanueva. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but like his discography is kind of interesting. Not really a t- not really a ton that stands out to me, except for uh, he does freaking Thursday's uh, debut, which that's kind of a big deal. That was a, they that came was a out big like the same record. time, right? So, when, do you have Thursday's debut? Uh, when did their album come out? Uh, let's do you see. have that? Yeah, you look that up uh, because the reason I ask is because, as we'll talk about in a second, when we talk about first impressions, I bought those records on the same day, Thursday oh, no and. Uh, and taking back Sundays, I remember buying them both at the record. Yep. I don't remember what two thousand and one. Okay, so I was close. late on Thursday, but um, but I'm, I know I got taking back Sunday. And you know what? I said that he may have produced their first one, which was nineteen ninety nine. Let me okay, and sure not on that. full collapse. Okay, no, he he did produce. He did full, full collapse too. So okay. I mean, at least two really big records, at least in the scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh. My caveat to that is that I I don't like the production on this record, <laughs> but oh. I mean I get the we'll I'm we'll get pretty, there, friend. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there, I'm sure. But uh, so yeah, I'm I'm waiting for is, that question. Does it hold up? I'm like mm, like that that one that meme, you know, like when he's waiting by the tree, <laughs> rubbing the hands. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I I do think it's I think it's really interesting that this guy is like I don't know like to me other than those two humongous records, he's virtually you know, not worked with anyone else. I'm guessing he's a, like a local New Jersey guy. Ma- Thursday maybe. was from New Jersey too, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. quote me on that. Okay. Um, so anyway, the, the other, the most, the other most interesting thing to me that stood out in the, in, in researching this was, I think it said in the first two weeks, they sold something, something like ridiculously small. I think 5,000, records and that still got them to chart and so oh, I believe it, that. it wasn't until they did the the uh the music video that they right. really started to get hype behind that single and uh, now i've got to remember what song that is either you dudes remember which the first single yeah the first single was the romances romances of 20 or was it the first video I, I don't I know. Was, i'm thinking of the first know. video oh okay okay Probably I don't too. know, honestly. I, I really remember. don't remember. I, I was on and off MTV at that time. My mom was <laughs> not paying the cable bill. Well, even so, I mean, to go from to go from five for a record to do five thousand in its first two weeks, and then to eventually, you know, go gold. I mean, oh, yeah. I think in the same year, that's that's pretty. That's some steam within. They 12 did months. blow up pretty quick, though. I feel like. So, I mean, I feel it like was it was like so a two fast. month period of time that they got like pretty huge it, it like I said memory is a weird thing and it was almost 20 years ago but uh it does i mean i know i had to have gotten it within a month or two tops of it coming out and i feel like i was ahead of the curve which is not often the case kyle normally you're the one that's ahead of the curve i feel like i was ahead of the curve on taking back sunday but then it felt like everyone then knew about them like within before that summer in no time and in okay so the number was more shocking than even i thought guys two thousand copies sold in the first uh week of its release so like that's a that's that's pretty weak considering the buzz 
that yeah, but I what's remember. The chart? Like, is it like the rock chart? Is it the all? I mean, like the Billboard 200. The they they started at 183, and yeah. let's see. I was trying to find. Uh, it was now it's like seven copies. I think that you have to sell to. And Chris, you were right. Great romances of the 20th century. Well, hey, yeah, because well, they made the video before they officially got signed. Yep. With Victory, so it wasn't like the first single. It was like yep. some weird in between space. It, yeah, the whole story's really odd how it all played out. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of weird stuff that happened there, you know, non-normal linear sense that we think of things happening. And uh, it would not surprise me if most of this record was already uh, recorded when they signed with Victory, because it seems like that timeline is really strong. By April of 2004, (laughs) they had sold 400,000 copies. So almost gold within a year after a 2000 record release. That's two years. Is it? Yeah, because it released 2002. So 2004 is two years later to be almost gold, but still. Okay. All right. I'm not taken away from their No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But it is almost two years. Still, it, it, it felt like a, I mean, it felt like a, a quick glow up, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that be I a, mean, that would be a blow up. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I didn't know about the EP, honestly. So that's, uh, that makes sense though. I mean, but I, uh, but it does seem like that was faster than it was happening for other people back then. It seemed like, most people weren't like getting the super. Well, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there are examples of that. It just feels like feels like every band that I either knew about was if I knew about them on their first record, their next record was much bigger, and that was the one that kind of caught more right. popular. And if I yep. was behind the curve, I was that person coming in on the second record, dashboard confessional style or something like that. Like I didn't figure out about him or something or. Um, you know, there's a lot of examples like that where you come in on a on a newer record, and maybe there was one that had more hardcore fans previously. But um, yeah, it's uh, timeline kind of weird. So uh, let's talk about kind of first impressions, which we've already kind of done a little bit. Kyle, you touched on yours, so why don't you go ahead and expand on your first impressions of the band or this record, or and when it happened for you too. So I just remember. I, I had made friends with a lot of dudes from uh, Colorado up at SNU. They, for whatever reason, they had a bunch of dudes coming in from Colorado. There's a, there's a dude named Matt that I hit it off with, really liked, and he just knew a ton about music. And he was like, "Dude, you got to check this band out." Is there it Matt like, Klaus? What's that? Is it Matt Klaus? I you know what's terrible is I don't know his last name. I, I bet it's Matt Klaus. It's got to be Matt Klaus, Colorado. Who's probably yeah. listening to this right now? No way. Yeah. <laughs> See if well, it's yeah. you, Matt. I met Matt Klaus when I lived in Colorado. So I guarantee it's Matt. Yeah, it's got to be the yeah. same Matt. Well, he was, anyway, in a band, he was in a band called Fear Before the March of Flames. I mean, I have no idea. I just loved, <laughs> I just I loved talking to Matt about music. He's a Everyone, great guy to do that with. Yeah, there, there's got to be more than one Matt in Colorado, but the chances that so Matt <laughs> pretty high. I gotta say. Well, well, so like he he had told me, dude, you got to check these guys out. They're super cool. And then there were two kids up at SNU, uh, the 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 local Nazarene college, by the way, people who are listening to this, uh, who had who had Taking Back Sunday lyric tattoos for their first tattoo, and I was like, that you is know bold. What? Um, I guess I'll check this band out. You kind of have to at that point. And, and what's weird is like, I think my initial, re- I think my initial response was like one of rebellion. Like I'm going to rebel against this getting popular. And so it's not that great. Um, over time, I really, I really grew to love this band. And, um, and I, I really, really like this record. 
Um, so, so this my, is you. So you did come in on this record. I did this come. Is, you, I did okay. come in on this record. I will talk some more about it in track by track. But one thing that I think they did, and I don't know if it's because of Taking Back Sunday or because of old Sal that uh, produced this, but Sal. good old Sal. I feel like you could say that this record is a little bit sloppy and it, I mean, this is me making a really obvious face. Sorry, I, and, this and is a so, podcast. But. And, and so it's like, I was kind of thrown off by that because we had just gotten into, I mean, we've done a few records now that were released around or before this time that were really great digital recordings. And it's like, what, why is everybody drooling over this? Because like, it's not, it's not even lo-fi. It's, it's sloppy. You know what I mean? And so I, yeah. I was kind of pissed off about that, but ultimately I came around to it. So first impression, meh. And then I liked it. Chris, what about you? Um, when did you come in? What were your first impressions? I'm pretty sure I saw them before the record came out. I think they were at the old green door, which is, uh, we've talked about for old uh, club on 89th and Western, um, Cali held invited me to the show and mm-hmm. so we went i'm pretty sure it was the tour where rival schools opened up for them um it was like uh, you know it's always weird going to a show where you have no idea what you're about to see right and i, I was like completely blown away especially by adam and to find out now that he, like i know doing research that he was with the, i was like dude this guy was born to be a lead singer it was amazing and i absolutely loved it so then i remember going to pick up the record um the day it came out at best buy on may um and uh just you know from from the very first song like absolutely being kind of blown away by it was just like really kind of different interesting everybody was like all up in my face about thursday and they just didn't do it for me and so that i thought that i was like this is gonna be another spin off of that but the melodies and uh the guitar work and you know I, i wasn't really into hardcore music and this was just hardcore enough to make me feel like okay this is something i could kind of get into there was a little bit of screaming i don't think too much for for me um uh, but uh the the album was definitely one that i could listen to over and over again i loved it yeah i'm I, it's weird i cannot remember exactly someone had to have recommended both those bands to me because i remember i did buy them both the same day thursday and thursday's full collapse in this record and i it was probably callie honestly yeah, she's probably no, the same person right. but i don't yeah. <laughs> I, i'm almost for sure i did not see them live before i had the record though so i'm pretty sure i saw them shortly after but but i did see them at that venue pretty quickly so it yeah. might i might have seen well, they, them at that same were, show they were back man i mean they, th- those yeah. guys were those guys were grinding it um when they were uh, when that fir- record first came out and before it came out yeah, so I, same thing, got a recommendation. You know, that was back when I would just, like, on someone's recommendation, sometimes go buy a record. I'm pretty sure I at least listened to some of it at some record store or something. Anyway, so I bought both those records. I'm with you, Chris. I definitely gravitated towards this more than Thursday. Thursday was just a little too much screaming for me. You know I don't love the screaming. And this is just, John Nolan screaming is just the right amount of, he got it a good works scream. for me. It works really well for me. So I remember, obviously, this record won. Sometimes you can really do a disfavor to uh, the lesser of two records. It might be a really good one, but you just wear out the one that you liked better if you buy them the same day. I feel like that's a bad move. Don't buy two records on the same day. Yeah. Um, Not a problem anymore. Nobody's buying any. <laughs> yeah, no one's buying any now. And, just, uh, and so, um, yeah, but I mean, I remember it was definitely... As you mentioned, Kyle, it was different than uh, anything. I was definitely not into any of the things that probably influenced this music. And so this was uh, so it was definitely weird for me because I was like, well, this is different. They don't have 
any song structure it seems like whatsoever they never <laughs> play the chorus at the end they know it's like and but so i mean and this isn't me dogging on it it's like me yeah. going like this is different this is oh. weird and i like the two vocal thing especially like really the two vocal thing this is like uh-huh. they're literally singing two completely different parts on top of each other and trying to dissect what one person's singing versus the other like i enjoyed that and uh, and i thought their voices went really well together so it, it i'm with you kyle it's a bummer that short thereafter they don't do creative stuff together anymore um uh well i guess not not anymore but for a while in the heyday of them being gigantic they split up uh and i do i really like their voices together so i I was bummed about that thought they worked well together so i liked it uh i i I, like i said i think i got it that spring that it came out it had to have been i know i was still in high school when i got it and i graduated that may so within those couple months that i got it uh, that it came out, I got it and I liked it. Um, I, I didn't like the production though, like right from the get go. I mean, I did have to kind of get over that. And I remember arguing with a guy outside of, um, the blue note, um, a, a guy in a fellow band that we played with all the time. And I was kind of like, I just hate the production. Like it sounds, it has some really bad stuff on it. Like it's you can hear like, so... You can hear yes. some like hissing on the vocal mic that they they duck out digitally and then like it, but you can hear it ramp back in and stuff. I mean, it sounds terrible at some points, but I mean, it was probably a budget thing and a time thing. I'm sure they had no time, no Victory budget. Didn't pay a lot for. <laughs> they captured they captured a great feeling though, so that like that makes up for it for me. And the fact that like okay, I feel this like raw energy and stuff like and and that like has a really cool thing to it, and that I can now. I overlook some of the production stuff, but I remember arguing with this guy and he was like, no, no, they meant to do that. I'm like, baloney. No, no one means no. to leave like a hissing microphone. No. no one's like, Oh, for no, this is going to be the flavors. We're going to like have this hissing microphone on the, no, no one's ever done that. I mean, yeah, people do go, no, we're going to like make the guitar amps sound crappy. Sure. I I'm fine. There are creative decisions. I mean, like Weezer, did that with Pinkerton. They made a kind of crappy sounding record on purpose. And like, so they did make that, but even, there's not a hissing microphone on Pinkerton. This is not that. No, this is not that. It's a different thing. So that bugged me. And it bugged me that people like, t- like stood, like acted like it was a creative decision that taking back Sunday made. <laughs> I was Dude, like, it was well, not, they didn't have money. They were like, there's no brand way. New that and was... taking back Sunday fans were just like a whole oh, thing, man. Yeah, they oh, were man. so intense. Well, like you said, been... Kyle, they had tattoos already. Oh dude. Yeah. Like first tattoos. Tattoos are for life. Tattoo. And keep in mind, I wasn't saying I didn't like the band. I was just saying like, Oh gosh, there's some production stuff. That's that my dr- point. Yeah. Drives they, me you... crazy when I listen on the headphones. And the fact that they would defend it, I was just kind of like, <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to win that argument. It's like a, a religion for some of these people. But That's a good way to put um, it. Yeah, but like sometimes... Uh, but yeah, to take away the production, it, they do capture something really well with this yep. record. Um, and, and a feeling, and I feel like that's what made people go get tattoos of those lyrics. Yep. I mean, that's, I think, what they were gravitating towards. It felt cool and new and something. So, um, any other kind of first impressions uh, that y'all have? No, okay. I I don't what? have any oh, other wait. first impressions, but I feel like I feel like I should tell you this, Blake, because after you mentioned like the weirdness of their song structures, uh, Nolan said that most of their songs came from sitting around watching uh, late night television, and almost all songs follow the structure of quiet verse, loud bridge, big chorus repeat breakdown chorus ending but it's a different chorus than yeah, the other chorus. totally right. yeah 
which like a special what, chorus, which is what end. kills me about so many of these songs that I like love them, but I'm like, but I want you to sing the part I love again. Yeah, right? they totally. Just they won't do it. They which hide is, it at the end. Yeah, I mean, they really make you want to hit repeat on that for sure. Well, let's do that. Let's just go uh, through track by track and uh, and talk about these songs. Pretty short album, ten songs. Yeah. Uh, getting right to it. Uh, so let's go to you know how I do. you first kyle what are your thoughts on the opening track you know how i do so i think this is a perfect for me it was a perfect introduction to this band and their style like oh two singers oh they're freaking changing it up whoa this is cool like uh it's a great introduction to them as a band uh and it's a freaking banger of a track too so yeah yeah i i I totally agree i mean they really do and we talk about this a lot with bands on this, but they, most of the bands that we've talked about so far in this podcast are, do a really good job of going like, we've got to in three minutes, <laughs> yeah, like, Capture. tell, tell people what we're about. And yeah. I think this is another example of, you're right. They do the dueling vocal thing. They do, they have some great, like their lyrics are like, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the right words, but they're like, they're pretty emo they're, sometimes. <laughs> they're, they are pretty emo, but they're kind of sassy, but still yeah. tongue in cheek sometimes. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're not taking themselves all the way seriously with yeah. most of the stuff. Uh, but great opening line. Uh, and the, those lyrics are just really good that I don't know. I assume Adam came up with the ones that Adam's oh, singing. It's but, a great uh, line. There was yeah. a great, the, so obviously desperate, desperate, obvious. Uh, it's, just I don't know it's really good and I remember like loving that as an 18 year old (laughs) yeah no I go ahead Kyle I was gonna say you mentioned they had like a thing like all of that thing that they had is is captured in this song like the vibe of taking back Sunday yeah sick of being tired uh oh so tired of being sick they're just like they just doing the same thing of just flipping the words around or whatever that he does on both those things uh and that we won't stand for hazy eyes anymore i mean like every 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 lyric in this song is like you can see why people were tattooing them on them Mm -hmm. (laughs) themselves they were like i don't know uh but yeah definitely some email lyrics too Uh, chris your thoughts on you know how i do Dude, I remember the moment I hit play after I popped it into the five disc changer. Tried to remember as I got into the driver's seat which slot I put it in. I'm pretty sure it was two of of six. No, five. One of the slots didn't work. Plastic was broken. Anyway, it was like almost summer because it came out in March, and I just thought the song like so perfectly captured like the hope and aspiration and the yearning you feel when you're like 18 and 19, like the whole world's ahead of me, and the chords, the big open chords, and and you're right, like. Right, right from the get go, the introduction of the rapid fire back and forth that you're going to be hearing the rest of the record. Uh, super, super great job on an opening track. All these bands that we do nail the opening tracks. Mm-hmm. Pretty consistent. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, we're picking good records for them. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we'll maybe we won't ever do a terrible record, but I mean, we. It, I can't think of a record that 
didn't we joked Chris all the time back then about how so many militia group records had one and two track one and two were just amazing and then the rest of it was like <laughs> like off a cliff not not a rule I'm just saying it happened a lot um, it happened a lot with a lot of these bands they were like well those are the only two things worth let's put them at the top of the record and then fill the rest of it well yeah but, you got kids that are going to be like walking into blockbuster music and trying the record out like you know that's kind of how you sold records back then right it's like Gotta, that's gotta, true get, yeah it's just gotta a get them excited thing. at track one yeah but this was definitely i mean and or, you're right i'm glad you mentioned summer because you're right it this does feel like a windows down summer album still to me so um let's go to bike scene i wanna hate you so Chris, what are your thoughts on bike scene? Okay, uh, is this a sex song? Um, is it about like doing it? Like it seems like it is, or like because <laughs> it yeah, you, I mean, you got me right where you be. want me. Oh, so then, like my I totally spun out on this one because I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like you're singing with your best friend, like which <laughs> you're singing about a scenario. I'm assuming is between like w- one guy, one girl, and then you know you're like I don't know, man. It weirded me out, and then boom, Nolan's sister sings. So I got I got completely weirded out by this one, I, but I, I have to say I really like the breakdown with the clean guitars. <laughs> yeah, and the the bridge is cool too. Oh, of course, they yeah. always yeah. nail it. I the, didn't do the bridge, but I it is a good bridge. No, every every song on this record follows that pattern that uh, Kyle just described when they're watching. It's like first chorus, first chorus, awesome breakdown, and then the chorus, the best chorus at the end. And then this one definitely follows that pattern. Yeah, but that outro, I don't know if they actually speed up the BPM. I didn't tap oh. it out, but it feels like it like takes it up a notch. Like I it, agree. Like, shifts oh, yeah. into a different gear on the outro. I should have made the outro the clip, but uh, I, I didn't know. If, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, what's no, the but, most recognizable yeah. part of the song versus, uh, but the outro, yeah, it yeah. is. It's pretty great. Michelle singing on the song was a really nice touch, too. I thought it was really cool. You know, I don't think I realized it was Michelle singing on it until this last week when I was listening to it again. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's her, but I never even bothered it made It, it made up. perfect this, sense, but I'm with you. I did not know it for sure. I didn't I was catch like, it. Oh, who else would it be? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it should be her. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, on bike scene? I mean, I agree with you, dudes. The bridge outro is awesome. And also, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great uh, second song, right? Like the one-two punch, man. Like freaking the record still rocks and they've still got my attention so um i'm into it i had never considered it being a sex song but now i'm even <laughs> weirded now i'm like yeah maybe well, it's a sex that, song i mean the first verse definitely it, i mean i'll leave the lights down low so she knows i mean business yeah. uh and then pretty on the nose yeah i mean that's pretty on the news on the nose on the news on the news, on the news. <laughs> uh, on the news. and then there's also a light uh a, what's the other line in there um there's another line that I was like, oh yeah, that seems like it's obvious. Oh, oh yeah, keep, keep my hands to myself. I mean, that, yeah, I'm saying I mean, unless he's talking about fighting someone, but it doesn't sound like a fighting song. So yeah, I think because no, you don't right, usually Chris, turn the lights what is off the, for fights. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about this because we're two songs <laughs> in, and like the titles don't have anything to uh, do yeah. with any of these, but they also don't seem to make any sense to me. Like, what is bike scene? Do I? Does anyone know? I don't. I'm genuinely curious. No, I don't idea. know either. 
And you know how I do. Doesn't even, I don't know. It just feels like they make up the titles, which is fine. This was a trend back then, for sure. The title doesn't have anything to do with the song, but which makes it impossible for me to remember the titles of any of the songs. Um, But, uh, okay, let's go to Cute Without the E, Cut from the Team, parenthetical. Chris Monier, what are your thoughts on uh, Cute Without the E, Cut from the Team? Dude, this was the freaking anthem of this era, man. Everybody went crazy for this song. And it it's because Understandably. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's so good. The opening line just like is so I don't know, it's uh, it's like the era, right? But it's 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 pretty cool and um tell all your friends you've got your gun you know you've got the gun knife bleeding death imagery that everybody was all into um but it's just a really 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 well written really cool song the guitar breakdown after the choruses um yeah and then of course once again you got that bad a outro with the rapid fire back and forth so i don't know man this is this is peak 2002 for me <laughs> i think you're totally right, right so back. i mean like okay it's like, <laughs> like you can't like this is like a formula for a song it's like amazing guitar intro that you can play as you've mentioned chris over and over you could just play that for three minutes while you walk on stage or whatever like you could just play oh, those yeah, chords or whatever yeah and then like it's the perfect crowd singing intro thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it's like verse check. It's awesome. Chorus check. That's also awesome. Second verse. That's also awesome. Dueling vocals. Awesome. Bridge is awesome. <laughs> Outro is awesome. I mean, everything about it is cool. And it's like, they don't even spend enough time doing one section. They just kind of like, okay, we're done with that. Now on to the next, now to the bridge, to the outro, to whatever it is. Uh, they just like throw it all at you. And you're right. This is peak 2002. Uh, and this is really, you know, I would say one of the songs that defines the entire genre of that decade, or at least that first half of the decade, maybe. Uh, Kyle, what are your your thoughts on the on the song? Yep, love it. I love that it's uh, a little more uh, balls to the wall than the first two, like a little a little bit more, I guess, a little faster. Um, I I find myself being kind of pissed off knowing that Adam wasn't a singer he was just a bass player that they're like oh you want to sing he's like yeah i'll give it a shot um because man i i really dig his voice and i really i really love uh his and john's voice together so i agree and here's what here's an interesting thing about it i don't think either one of them have what i would call like like great voices does that make sense yeah. like i would you wouldn't Classic hear them the character, like, oh, the character in the voice but the character in the voice and the especially the character the juxtaposition of the two of them yeah. together to me was like gold. I mean, and, you know, totally. and so I don't know that literally like him. Yeah. Literally like a gold record literally. Um, you know, I don't think that, yeah, but together it made sense. And, and so he's one of those people where it's like, I wouldn't put it on a list of like, Oh, I love his voice necessarily, but like what he does with it. I'm like, yep, that's perfect. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, I wouldn't change it if that makes sense. You know, yeah. there's just some people like that. Um, and I'm with you. I think that, um, he and John 
as, as I've said before, you know, just worked really well together and it really bummed me out when they, uh, didn't make the next record together, which we'll talk about. But, uh, and then, you know, you know, I'm always good for, uh, how did I never notice that they do the, like <laughs> two songs in a row, you know, cute without the E and then there's no mm-hmm, I in team. I never caught that those were back to back and they're doing the same um i'm catching that just now when you said it the same irony i guess <laughs> yeah like back to back the same emo lyric joke i guess i don't know anyway so let's go to there's no i in team guys knew i was gonna include that lyric in yep. the clip right yep. you knew i had to i thought you were going to i was like oh did he not no, like of all the songs to know bridget uh okay so let's talk about the the lyric thing first i guess before we talk about the track uh so obviously that lyric at the end there that john's singing is the you know you're as subtle as a brick and the small on my back uh that is a brand new line or it's a taking back sunday night line you know we've argued about on the last, uh, the brand new podcast, you know, which one came first. I think what, what did we determine? This album came out first, right? No, this album came out no, no, next. No. This album yeah. came out after, but yeah. we don't really know which song was written first. Especially right? since Jesse played bass in taking back Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, it, it, I didn't catch this pretty early on. I was not the absolute punk message board, uh, <laughs> purveyor that you guys were i don't think and so it like literally just happened one time that i was like listening to this and i was like wait a minute well that like, kind of sticks out it's not like a it's not a phrase you just hear like it, it walking down the street you know you're like wait a minute no but i love the like i just love the pettiness of yeah. uh of stealing whoever did i don't care who did it it's funny either way it's great <laughs> it's great whether jesse stole it from him or he stole it from him or of course they wrote what, they wrote one song together, right? Jesse and uh, John on the brand new uh, Your Favorite Rep- Weapon yes. record. So they were still friendly-ish at some point, but you always, I always wonder, like, were they really, you know, I at mean, what they point were was their hatred? Yeah, so you're young. But anyway, I, I thought it was great. And again, I mentioned it on that brand new podcast, but the greatest moment ever in my iTunes music uh, shuffle history was it playing those two songs back to back actually with my whole library on shuffle. And uh, this is also just me going to take a moment since we're talking about shuffling uh, to talk about how bad Spotify's shuffle is, right? I mean, it's terrible, right? Does anyone just play the same artist and albums for you all the time? No, if you let me? it play too long, it'll like play like weird live versions of songs that kind of are out of the vein of, yeah, I need to tweak that algo. As we say, literally, in the biz. I have a playlist with um, something like fo- like forty nine hours of music on it. It's just like solid tunes, and it will play three songs from the same album on shuffle. Ugh. I'm like, guys, this is not. It's not hard. Just random number generator. I don't know. Anyway, that's a total rant for a different time. Let's talk about the actual song. Uh, there's no I in team. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the song? Lyrics aside, um, I think it's a cool song, and and I was totally in on the drama at the time, and. Uh, I got to be honest, I took I I was on Taking Back Sunday's side of things and I think the only reason as if you go back and listen to Brand New, 
I'll admit that although I love brand new and I love uh, your favorite weapon, I hated their fans so much. And I think I think that I took Taking Back Sunday's side just to spite brand new's fans. Like I seriously. didn't hate I didn't hate brand new's fans until Deja and Tendu. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris is dying over there. It's because my answer's the exact same. Dude, I, I I I think I remember talking to Chris about it. Like it was just like, what is wrong with these people? Like, are, are you like you just can't smile? You, yeah. you you hate smiling and you hate having fun. Why are you even at this show? So uh, yeah, I, I team TBS all the way. Yeah, there were some <laughs> fanatic fans out there for sure. I mean, of of both those bands. I mean, and other bands too. But I mean, it felt like it was way more personal. Like I might get shanked if I if I say a, a bad word about either one, uh, kind of thing. Which look, there's some bands like that that I would I, I feel the same way that I would uh, you'd shank someone that I would shank someone uh, to defend their honor. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe there aren't. Okay, let's go to Great Romances of the 20th Century, the aforementioned first single of the record. Look, I'm not saying that uh, digital string samples were at their best in 2002, but those are the worst sounding string samples. They're so bad. It's like a Casio keyboard that you learned piano on. It's its string setting, it sounds like, in the background. And that's the kind of thing where I'm talking about on the production where I'm like, I don't think they made, like, they were like, we're going to put these crappy sounding string samples on here. I think that was more like, and I like the parts and stuff. I just wish they would have, like... <laughs> Used I don't know slightly better software or something at the time, but anyway, what are y'all y'all's thoughts on the song? Yeah, I, I kind of felt I was like, man, those synths are so cheesy. Uh, it it kind of I, I I even at the time I kind of undid some of the great greatness of the song. And, and the weird thing about this song too to me is like it feels like the really poppy like power single that you would like go with, but like if you listen to it at, you know as one song from like a whole piece of music. I don't think it's as strong as some of the other stuff. Although I kind of see where they led with it, um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's all right song. But yeah, yeah, you're right. This synthesizer, uh, uh, or orchestra, orchestral uh, sound effects that they chose. Uh, they should have just loaded another floppy disk in that thing because that. Those and are the not reason good. I know there's better is because yeah. like I we had making, yeah. I mean, I you know I was not great at production at this point for sure. I'm, maybe I'm still not great at production, but I mean, I know a couple years later, we had a fake organ on our record that sounded good. No, dude. Like, I had, yeah, I, and, I had and that was with like sounded I was great a, at that time. I had a beige G four Mac. I mean, it was like that's how old it was running my software and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I know, you know what I mean. Like I know that like it was possible with not a lot of resources to get a decent sample. So it literally just sounds like a cheap Casio keyboard or something like that. And maybe that's what I like. That's what they want to do. It sounds bad though. I don't like it. <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on the song? 
Man, uh, sounds bad. Don't like it. I never got. I, ne- I never <laughs> yeah. understood this one. Um, I, I think it's so strange that that it was a single. Don't like it. It's just it just doesn't do it for me. I do agree with you. It's a weird. It's weird for it yeah. to be a single because it's not even close to the top four songs on the record. Totally. In my opinion. Well, when we talk so, about a definitive yeah. sound, right? Like, oh, they exactly, they came out exactly. swinging with this, this definitive sound, and this is not it. So, but I can yeah. see how somebody who like wanted to make records and make money might go, oh, I think this is it. I can, I can, yeah. I can put myself there. But they were so wrong. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, and this is definitely the first song where I'm like, the fact that you don't repeat the chorus and they do the outro thing is like, okay, wait a minute, this has become a pattern, and I don't know why you're not doing it ever like it, it i don't know and it but it started bugging me a little bit yeah it's like the thing i liked about some of the other stuff but you know quickly the thing that endears you to something can, sure can be the thing that you go like oh i'm a little bit and that's i think where i end up getting with some of this record is like okay but like that's a really good chorus why not sing it again you know mm-hmm. i don't know it's sometimes it's like they're just making up a new part to make up a new part and this song kind of feels like that to me, which is because it, it, it kind of feels all over the place. I mean, like between the intro and then by the outro, I mean, it, you, it's not the same song. And it's, uh, well, I mean, it kind of is, I guess, on this one, on the outro, because it still has those, <laughs> those fake strings. Bring um, them back. <laughs> bring them back. They're so good. Bring them back. Dub- Put that floppy down. back in. <laughs> yeah, and they're all alone. I'm in all in intro, too. I mean, I'm it's like they, there's strings. nothing covering them. You know, it's... Just, no, no, that's right. They're just naked and afraid They're... out there hovering <laughs> in the sound space. And you're like, just just knock it. Oh. Yeah, didn't love it. Okay, let's go to Ghost Man on third. What are your thoughts on Ghost Man on Third? So honestly, like I feel like with the last song, they uh, they kind of enter a lull in in this record for me. But like this song, what keeps it alive for me is the dual vocal. Without that dual vocal part, this is another no for me. But like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go ahead and say, nah, this one's all right because I do enjoy that that double vocal line so much in particular the one that you just played um but man it's 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 weird and i don't know why they grouped the ones that they like so we we mentioned that like everyone's always really good at the first track i feel like in general like this this album like i don't know why they chose the track listing order that they did because it just hits this lull yeah, so. we talk a lot about how we, we always we talk about the track order a lot right. on this podcast. And we're always talking about how like, oh, it's such a good track order. They nailed it. And we and then we ask ourselves, oh, is it just because that's the order? That's the only order we've ever heard it in. And no, no this is a perfect <laughs> example of like this track order does not work. This nope. for whatever reason, they put this lull right in the middle of the record. I think that's because they knew they were the weak songs. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. But then they released one of them as a single. The I don't I really understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if what my thought 
is, and this could be, this is me totally speculating. What if Great Romances of the 20th Century was like the local hit? Like that was the like oh, song that they yeah. had. And that's why they released it is because everyone wasn't hip to these new songs that they yeah. had yet. And that's my only oh, thought that right, maybe is the reason. The five song EP. Yeah, right? that makes sense. How, how could you possibly have, a good, you know, theory. whatever, Cute Without the E, uh, There's No I in Team, You're So Last Summer. How could you how have could those you, songs on this record and not, and release the Great how could you possibly have century? everything that came before it and everything that came after it on this record and choose that song? <laughs> yeah, so this feels like they, I feel like they knew it was the lull in the middle, but yeah. to me, if you've got a lull in the middle that's not purposeful, get rid yeah. of it. Like, um, there are great eight song records. Peter Gabriel, so it's eight songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes you just got to go, we're going to make eight. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm with you. I don't really like either one of these two songs right in the middle of the record. Chris, yeah. what are your thoughts on um, Ghost Man on third? Again, yeah. I have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, well, um, well, you know what the Ghost Man is, right? No. Oh, that's when you're playing baseball with friends. You don't have enough players for nine people uh, okay 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 sorry and you have the runner okay i do remember yeah, that yeah, now from being a, ghost, a child but yeah yeah ghost man anyway yeah. uh yeah so it's just this one feels a little sloppy yeah just it like it's sloppy. not even it's not even played that well <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not saying i could do any better but you know i i, I didn't sell a million records so i i'm just saying yeah i i do like when michelle comes in again once again like she she has a small small piece in the song and i thought that part was good and you're right, Guys, I have Kyle. a I have a serious crush on Michelle. Oh well, that's hard. She now. had the she curly played. brunette hair. Yeah, yeah. She could sing, play piano. She yeah. was kind of my crush in 2004. Yeah, um, I can see that. But yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm I'm with you too, Kyle. The saving grace is the the rapid fire pew, 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 vocals. But other than that, <laughs> pass. But even those it. feel sloppy to me. I don't like them on this song. Like I I yeah, love the way they work with each other on a lot yeah. of the rest of this record, but it doesn't do it for me on this song as much. It just seems like two people singing on top of each other instead of it being like yeah. purposeful. It just, yeah, I don't love it. Sounds like we're all kind of on that same <laughs> page though. Uh, so let's go to where it picks up a little bit and go to Timberwolves at New Jersey. When I hear songs like this, I just go like, that was so fun to play live, wasn't it? Mm, I mean, yeah. it just had to have been, playing those verses had to have just been a crowd favorite for sure. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on on the song? Yeah, I like the, what do you call it? Syncopation? Whatever it is, like with the guitars and the vocals like together. Yeah, I mean, they're just exactly, the verses. Yeah. I, I did get hung up as a older gentleman on the, the, the line, uh, literate and stylish. Uh, about I was like, uh, really? Is that like this is where the bar was for dudes just being able to read like books and stuff? I, I guess know, so. <laughs> <laughs> he can read. I, I think I, my guess is he's not saying I like like, like actual like, literacy. I think it's probably being more like being, more like being well read and reading a lot instead of just being able to read. <laughs> that would be a very low bar. But you're. <laughs> hey, yes. Chris, you've been to New Jersey though. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, they're not allowed to make left turns, so <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> or pump their own gas. 
Uh, we, that's true. We spent that's a funny. week in New Jersey one time when we were like, I guess we were on the road, but we had like a week off for some weird reason, and we, we were spent, spent the whole week. Danny's girlfriend in New- was there, so we had a place to stay. <laughs> we had a place to stay, and uh, and I remember like this is pre Jersey Shore, all that kind of stuff. But like when that show came out, then. I was like, yes, that is, <laughs> yes, this is not, a, this is not is an like exaggeration. For the first time on television, like, those guys are real. Like, we went down the boardwalk, and it's it's just, it's like the best people watching you could ever do, uh, Dude, that for week, sure. But, that week was, that New Jersey was crazy. Remember we just bought the Darkness record, Permission to Land? Yes. We were listening to that, like, nonstop, and then we went and saw Snakes on a Plane. Yep, that, dude, that was peak two thousand three or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever year that was. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I do like the song though. It's another song where the uh, the bridge kills and it goes that awesome outro. Some great lines in the song too. I've I've got the mic, you've got the mosh pit. Hold your breath, yeah. or you'll only make things worse. This guy's for. I'm glad he's literate, literate because he's quite the wordsmith sometimes. Yeah, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, Timberwolves at New Jersey? Um. I wish I would have been in New Jersey with you guys. <laughs> oh, that would have been fun, man. <laughs> it was a pretty good time. Um, dude, it's an awesome song. It's, uh, uh, you know, in the past we call people out for wordy songs. Man, he's throwing down the words on this one. Dude, you can feel him gasping for uh, air in the middle totally. of those verses. But I uh, love that, just actually. Breathing away from the mic. Um, and then I I freaking love the uh, the bridge, the outro, the, you know, this is me with the words on the tip of my tongue. That, mm-hmm. that part freaking awesome such a good song and also yay we're out of the lull you know yeah like, we made it <laughs> yeah in a in a big way like <laughs> yes. we're not even we didn't like like ramp up we just like right. jump like rocket launched out of the lull because like the verses on this are immediately like kicking oh, you right in the pants totally. i love it okay let's go to uh the blue channel track eight you got this, my pictures Uh, we'll pretend I actually let that keep going. I forgot I didn't need to fade that. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Blue Channel? Uh, good one. Intensity goes up. Uh, really like the dual vocal. Big surprise. Um, I will say that, like, as much as they're rocking, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but like, I feel like the drum sounds just don't rock as much as the song rocks on this. No, one that's for the me. production problem. It's with just this whole so, record is like, yeah. it is so frustrating because like listening to that clip there, it just, it just, it, it rocks, but it's, it's been, it's been kind of neutered, you know, from, yeah. from that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? No, I agree with Kyle. Yeah. That, 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 this song, it's like, like verging on a metal song. Like it really has all the pieces it needs to just freaking rock out. But you're right. There's something kind of flat about what's happening with the drums and, and the guitars too. Like, uh, I don't know that just the production kind of uh, seeing this song live was definitely way different. Like it was a, it was a, it was a banger for sure. It's a banger on the record, but I'm just saying, I agree with you. The, 
production is kind of take something out like the more a song kind of like goes like balls of the wall like metal hardcore on this album the more the kind of flatness of the production like doesn't do it any favors yeah i think you're totally right i think that a couple of these things that i wonder how much producing was really going on i mean it sounds it sounds like a lot of the tracking was live probably um maybe not i could be wrong about that but at least the rhythm stuff um and it does make me go like was anyone there going like hey what if we uh i don't know do this differently that we might be able to like just you know shape this up enough to take it from like 85 percent to 95 percent or whatever um (laughs) And with, if you don't have a budget, you can't do that. The guy's probably just, Sal's probably just hitting record and Sally, <laughs> good old Sal. <laughs> he, might, he might just be hitting, you know, I don't know. Oh, boy, you have Sal. no idea what's going on. Um, but it definitely does. I'm with you on the drums, Kyle. It just feels like it's not, they well, do not, nothing hits on this record other hits. than like. Yeah, just like hits you. Doesn't. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Well, and, and the so, thing is, the th- I think the reason I find that offensive in hindsight, like <laughs> listening to this to over the over the first last couple weeks is like knowing what a good drummer this dude is or becomes and like how good their drums sound on other records uh, you know what i mean like this well, dude you gotta is, drums are all i mean like people think it's guitars the drum sounds matter more on a rock and roll record than anything else sure like absolutely like but if they you have like, great yeah but they have the best they're coming around on the one of the best drum producers of the era, like when they have Valentine do their record, you mm. know, that guy yeah, made drums sound so cool. <laughs> and so to me, when you don't have the good drum sounds, it, it works sometimes. It like yeah. sometimes, like Get Up Kids, um, something to write home about is kind of another one where I don't, I think Oof. most of the drum sounds don't sound good, yeah. but because it's less of a rock album yep, than this one is, it, it, it pans out okay, yep. but it doesn't work when you've got like, crunchy guitars and people screaming and the drums aren't freaking kicking you in the face. Like they just have to. Um, So it's kind of a downfall, unfortunately, but you know, they're young. They have no money. I'm sure if they're Hmm. recording any of this before they're even signed, it's all on their own dime. So we made way worse sounding records in 2002. (laughs) Just, just so everyone's aware, like our music sounded crappy too, because we were paying for it and doing it as fast as possible and all that stuff. It's just that ours didn't get released and sell 400,000 copies or whatever. So no one knows about it, (laughs) but I promise you it exists. Uh, Let's go to your So Last Summer. Chris, what are your thoughts? I have no words. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love this song so freaking much. When that when I hear that gung 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 gung, I just I am transported <laughs> back in time. I know I already said that about Q, <laughs> but I just the I remember like I was trying to get to this song, and my buddy Kyle Shaline called me, and he was like, "Dude, you have to listen to this track because you know we we had heard the songs that they had 
out, but that he was like, this is the end. The end is like the best. And it really is. It's so good. why did they put this at track nine again? Why? How? Wait, what'd you say? Oh, why is yeah, this on no. track nine? Yeah, I end it here. My God. Anyway, yeah, but, but like yeah. it should be earlier in the record. Maybe oh, I mean whatever. Or, or I mean, the last song because the outro of this song is the best part of the record, hands down to me. Fight me if you think I'm wrong. I love the outro of this song. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Do you want to fight Chris? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to fight Chris, and I actually have some some more thoughts on that. But first, I want to say Blake, wonderful job in the clip because like there are so many kick butt parts of the song is hard but you pick. highlighted what i think to be like one of the greatest emo lyrics of all time on purpose like, i've got it in my notes <laughs> it is it is so good um just freaking awesome but uh, okay i want to talk about this being track nine and how stupid of a decision that is <laughs> um and and i think it should be the last song on the record and like i am convinced in my mind it's this perfect like it's this perfect freaking there are bookends to this to this record and I swear to you when I listen to this I can hear him singing uh screaming we won't stand for hazy eyes anymore like it fits it ties together like it is the end of this freaking record and it drives me nuts that it's track 9 Yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, are we are we talking about the same lyric? And with one, one with my one last yes. gasping breath, I apologize yes. for bleeding on your shirt. Oh, yeah. I love like first of all, that's got to be in the running for. We should. I think we're gonna have to do it at some point. We're gonna have to do an emo, emo. lyric tournament. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good I, idea. I, I mean, that one gets a buy. The, yeah. The Bye Tunes, tunes <laughs> uh, podcast did the emo uh, just band bracket. You know, they just did like sixty four bands and did that tournament of just emo bands. But I think we should do the sister to that is uh let's just do lyrics specific lyrics like little like a state like a, yeah oh, but that's a one seed i mean yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh <laughs> no for doubt. sure yeah no doubt i mean but you know also at the same time i was like i feel exactly that way that's yeah. <laughs> that's exactly who i was when i was 18 was like yeah i'd probably be canadian about it and apologize about uh bleed on your shirt um yeah it's a great song and i agree it should have it feels like the last track on, on the record, and uh, and it does feel like bookends between you know how I do and and this. They they do feel like the bookends, and it's weird to me um, that they either didn't put this earlier or last on the record. Mm-hmm. Of course, then we're talking about striking three songs on the record, um, or at, making that lull weirder. <laughs> in the middle <laughs> and longer but yeah no this song i'm with you chris it's a great song i remember immediately just being like how good is this song i love i i like the dueling vocal anyway but the dueling vocal with john singing it basically in halftime and and uh and adam singing the the normal lyric you know the maybe i should hate you for this part gosh it's so good and it's mm-hmm. great and it uh I like that at the show you could pick which person you wanted to sing along with. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fun thing that the crowd is like picking half and half. Like who like because I was always like I was in Camp John on after like post this breakup. I was like team him, team Straylight oh, yeah. Run. If we're if we're talking about drama and teams and stuff. So I mean I was like I always connected with John stuff. I just felt like, you know, the guitarist, background singer, second vocalist, like that that was me too in our band a little bit. And so oh, yeah. I don't know. I just identified with it. I loved his stuff. And I always thought, I thought he really brought the, the flavor to this band. Cause like Adam's great and all, 
but like Adam, all, a lot of people go on to sound a lot like Adam, uh, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Whereas like I felt like John had this unique thing that no one ever really copied well, uh, including the next guy in Taking Back Sunday. But um, yeah, so it's a consensus. We all think You're So Last Summer should have been the last song, but it's not. Uh, this is the last song. It's called Head Club. Here we go. Well, I can't imagine anyone has anything terribly positive to say about this song. And it's not that it's bad. It's just that it shouldn't have been the last on the record, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I, I agree, just, dude. Like, it, it's okay. You, you freaking just go put this in between Great Romances and Ghost Man on third. And like, just do that. You know what I mean? Like, don't even cut it from the record. Just put it in between those that lull. Yeah. And then, and then in. Be fine. Yeah. End it the right way. They clearly captured lightning in a bottle when they were making this record, and the timing and the lyrics and the way the scene was about to explode, they had no idea what they were dealing with. But, I mean, even with all that, like, hindsight bias I have, this song sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this song sucks harder than the other two? It's not good, no. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the band even agrees. I think they say this is the song they, they don't... Their, their least a, favorite Taking Back Sunday song. Oh. Is it a crap sandwich, Chris? Wow. I don't know if I go that far. You don't know if you go not, that far yet. It's not. It's you know, but it like, it can a song be bad because it bums you out about like the place and time that you hear it, and it being song ten after your so last summer. It's like that's what makes it like. It, it's like oh, it absolutely just, like, can. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't like. I know it's not your fault. You're here, song, but like because you're after your so last summer, I just hate you. That's kind of yeah, how no, I feel. You're, you're absolutely right. It's not, you're not crazy. Um, I think that you've got to be careful about what songs you surround, you know, one of your best songs ever with. And yeah. they're naturally going to not get the same accolades that the best song you ever wrote was yeah. going to get. But, uh, you know, gosh, like I would not, I feel like I love beginning tracks and ending tracks. And this is a, this is a bad ending track. They nail it on the opening track. We talked about that. Kudos to that. Points. Uh, I, and it's frustrating because they, they didn't have to. No, they didn't have to miss this one. No, they could. They, they had a good ending track. You're right. Yep. It's not like there's not a. We know what the song. So anyway, yeah, we all would have put "You're So Last Summer Last" and maybe put this somewhere else, and maybe then we'd like this song more. But I still think it's just okay. It's you know nothing. There's nothing in it that makes me go like, oh, yeah, I love that part. It just doesn't do it for me. So, um, all right. Well, let's talk about kind of lasting impressions. Does it hold up, fellas? Uh, what do you think, Chris? Well, we've talked about it. Uh, uh, song-wise, of course it holds up. But, yeah, yeah, the production on it did not age well, uh, especially no. with my new fancy headphones that uh, the all the technology advancements have brought me. <laughs> like, I can hear – I heard the stuff – I'm not like like – of the three of us, you know, the, the most likely to be able to produce an excellent record, you know, Kyle and Blake both are right up there. Like they're excellent. They have excellent ears. I've never been that guy. I was always 
that wasn't my, you know, my specialty, but like, I can hear the things you're talking about, Blake, yeah. you know, like, and, and that, what's what I'm saying is like, even to like a very, uh, yeah, a very novice ear like me, like I hear the guitars not cutting out and like, even, I mean, I know that like in Pro Tools, you just put like a line when you want everything to end. I don't understand why they can't just do that. You can hear like the guitar still buzzing when the drums fade out. Like these are mistakes I made when I was like, you know, using my eight track tape player in my bedroom. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so no, I, I think production wise, it doesn't. Music wise, it's yeah, it's the, the song songs for an era. It's perfect. Kyle, where are you at? I mean, I think I think it's hard to argue with what Chris is saying, because like, yeah, as far as this new, I mean, new kind of music, this new genre a little bit, um, it, it holds up because there's some great songs, but I don't think it sounds real bad. And, and, um, in, I mean, this is one of those that like, obviously you probably couldn't recapture it cause it was a time and a vibe, but man, I, I really wonder what it would sound like if they just re-recorded this. So. Yeah, and I know that's I know that's sacrilegious, man, because no. that's that's not a good thing. But I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Production wise, I'm with you. It's not good. It And it's not Pinkerton. Not good. Like that was a weird like I did the same thing with Pinkerton at one point where I was like, this production is so weird. And I would keep in mind, I'm in middle school at this point or whatever, uh, maybe early high school. But but like that eventually grew on me because it's not actually it, the recording quality is not bad. It's just like, it's purposely messy. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like they, per, they didn't want to polish everything and have these perfect things, but it, it was like a decision that they made. And so it works. I think this is like a budget thing, obviously. And I'm not begrudging them for it. Cause like I said, we were all making crappy stuff at this point too. It just didn't go on to then be popular. Um, so production wise, it does not hold up. Song-wise, I'm even going to say that, like, the reason I would lean towards saying it doesn't is because, like, I would scratch four of the songs on it, mm-hmm. potentially. Okay. Um, But I love the other six songs, if that makes sense. So it's like, I can't say it doesn't hold up because it really did do a thing. Um, And I still really like those six tracks a lot. Um, but the other ones I'm kind of like, man, and as an album as a whole, because they don't end it right. And because there's that lull in the middle, it doesn't like, I remembered like, oh yeah, as I was listening to it again, like, you know, top to bottom, instead of just like having the songs I love on playlist or something like mm. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized that I was like, ah, oh, gosh, it really like, um, those parts in the middle don't hold up very well. And the last drug doesn't hold up very well. So I would say it's kind of a pick them because I can't say it doesn't hold up. Cause like, man, those songs that are great are great. And I love the lightning in the bottle they captured, even if the production's bad. Like it's one of the things where I'm like, I can still forgive it. Um, especially cause the worst production mistakes are not on those great songs. They're on the ones that I don't like. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's the first one for me that I'm kind of like, ah, gosh, you know, uh, almost half the record I don't really like. So, um, I don't want to give it, you know, but I'd say, I mean, as far as a debut record, it's still awesome. I'm holding them yeah. to a high standard here, if, which is probably unfair. Um, Kyle, this is probably maybe a little bit more for you because I, shortly after this, as we mentioned, they break, well, half the band leaves. Uh, John and the bass player leave and go do Stray Light Run because of another infidelity, these New Jersey people. Um, and so I, I was on team John at that point and I really did not like the next taken back Sunday record. So I didn't listen to any of the other ones either. They could be phenomenal. And I'm probably 
a, a bad person for not having listened to them. But Kyle, I know you have. So what's your thought on it? Is it their best album? N- not for me. No. Okay. And actually, even though I am with you, like I'm a John Nolan fan and, and, uh, I was I being act- petty about it back then for sure. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like I remember both of us at the time really digging that Stray Light run record. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I really, really liked it. And so to me, I guess I felt like I got the best of both worlds because I really liked the record. I like, uh, let's see, Tell All Your Friends. Or no, Where You Want to Be is the next record. Where You Want to Be, yeah. I love that record so much. I love the next guitarist, and I like his voice. It's not John Nolan's, but I didn't feel like I had to choose because I got this really kick-butt, straylight run record and a much more polished uh, Taking Back Sunday. And I, and I even like the spin. records that come after that that come after that. But like honestly, I think my favorite Taking Back Sunday record is the next one. And that feels wrong to say that because John no. Nolan wasn't involved in it. But um, that's okay, man. It's good. No so. wrong answers here, Chris. I don't know if you did. You go uh, way past this record with Taking Back Sunday. You know, I I didn't, but I I ended up um, really liking um, Louder now. After it came yeah. out, um, probably one of my best, like, if I had to do, like, a top 15 list, Taking Back Sunday, I have two songs on there, and, and there's a song on that record called Air Operator, I think is one of the coolest Recon. songs ever. Um, and then after uh, they did that 2012 reunion tour, where they did Tell All Your Friends. Which um, I went to that, and it was awesome. Yeah, we went John, together, John was we? back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was at the Diamond Ballroom, right? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, did you go to that show? You had to be there, right? I didn't go. I should have gone. Should have been I in know. Jersey with us. Should have gone to the show. It was good. Where are you, man? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but they were kind of promoting a new record too at the time, or, or and I, I don't know. Every record they put out, like I've I've liked a lot. Like they have some really cool songs. They always have a few tunes that are really good. Yeah. Um, I need to try them again. I think that I, I probably yeah. I should do that. Um, is it their most important album? Kyle. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I don't think that we, I don't think we can dispute that because, uh, no. I, I don't think I said this earlier. This is their most successful album, even though it didn't go platinum. And that's, that is something that is crazy to me. All of us remember the rabid fandom of taking back Sunday and how huge it was. And I remember I I'm like, they, they, I believe they co-headlined a, a tour with blink at one point in time. And they didn't sell a million records. I cannot believe that. Well, I mean, I think it's right at the height of people just freaking ripping it off. You know, I mean, yeah, that's like yeah, everyone's but I just mean, downloading still, this stuff. If, I, if, if they were going to yeah. do it, it was going to be this one. You know, I remember being shocked too, Kyle. Like uh, just a few years after this record came out, like some of the venues they were playing, I was blown away because I just yeah. I never thought I I just thought they were going to be this like band that in the scene they were like the biggest band. But yeah. they were huge. They were big. I think the, I think the Wikipedia entry is a testament to like how rabid their fan base was. Like somebody oh, meticulously went through and made some very careful edits and there's like some deep deep information about like the personal yep. <laughs> romances yeah. of the members in that uh in that Wikipedia page. Like some people went into some detail there. Okay, well let's go to kind of our awards. Let's say Desert Island songs. Chris, what are two of two or three of your favorites? Oh, uh, I'm just going to go with the obvious ones because I, I can't help myself. But that oh, would be, uh, you know how I do, cut from the team without a knee. And uh, what's that other one I like? Oh, yeah, you're so last summer. Banger. <laughs> I think I'm 
probably the same three. I think actually, I think I'm you're so last summer, uh, Timberwolves at New Jersey and cute without the E. Kyle, guys, we came so close. <laughs> you're so last summer for me, Timberwolves at New Jersey, and you know how I do. Yeah, I mean, it's hard between those two, like because. Oh, They're so we, really good. we did like a three-way yeah. swap there. We all like had two in common. <laughs> yeah. We we had someone, the, yeah. we had like that uh the the what is it? The Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we yeah. did all overlap with two. Um yeah, I think that's I think those are all good choices. Uh nobody's perfect. Uh what's the worst song on the album? And I know we talked <laughs> about that we don't like some of the songs, but what's the worst? Like if there's just one. Man, I know as the single, but I don't like great romances of the twentieth 20th, 20th century. I'm not into it. Chris, what's your opinion? <laughs> I I don't think we've done many records where it was hard for me to pick the worst because I had like two in mind. But yeah, uh, uh, the um, Ghost Man on Third and Head Club are kind of they're neck and I neck. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ghost Man on Third for me because I think I I don't like Head Club because of where it's at. I, yeah. I still don't love it, but like I definitely just don't like Ghost Man on Third. Literally, just does nothing for it. And it's not yeah. like I hate it. I'm not like, gosh, I hate this song. I just it does nothing. Mm. Like it's I'm indifferent to it, and so I'm going to say it's the worst one. Uh, Grower, not a shower. What's the song you didn't like at first, but now love, Chris? Dude, I thought I thought really hard about this question in advance. I promise, and I thought I was like, surely it'll come in my brain. Um, I, I guess for me, <laughs> it's your so last summer again. Uh, because it just grew on me like almost at this like perpetual rate of greatness, like throughout my life. I still love that song. There's a lot of songs from this era that I really liked at the time that now I'm just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can still hear that opening guitar line for this that song and, and just absolutely love it. So, hate Kyle, to say what, it, I'm gonna call it Kyle. What's yours? Uh, I, I, I'd like to shout out my birthday buddy on his mouth guitar, it was good. Yeah, it was a good good mouth guitar. Man, I don't have a grower for uh not a shower for this one because I feel like the songs that I don't like, I never liked them, and the songs that I thought freaking ripped, ripped from the start for me. So Yep. Well put. I couldn't have said it better. I I feel the same way. Uh nothing if anything, there are things that I probably was rocking hard with the windows down in summer of 2002 because I loved the feeling of this band and it was new and exciting, but now has done the opposite <laughs> of growing and showing. It's like kind of those four tracks on the record that I'm like, Ugh, gosh, I just really don't like them. And so I just play the six that I like, you know, yeah. um, you know, any other thoughts? Well, I mean, like, I guess, so you say you were, not team either way. You liked both Straylight Run and Taking Back Sunday going forward, right, Kyle? Oh yeah, totally. And Chris, did you care at all about the drama between the two? I think after I met John um, at a Straylight Run show, I don't remember if we played with them or, or, or if I think Loper produced the show, and I, he was the sweetest guy, sweetest guy that like I like one of the sweetest guys I had met in rock and roll up to the time. And from that point on, I was like Team Straylight Run all the way. I was like, how could this guy be wrong in this fight? He's the nicest guy. To clarify, yeah. Chris, he didn't try to make out with you. <laughs> no. Or your or your woman. You course, didn't try I, to make out course, with his course, sister. If, if we're looking back at my twenties, though, uh, you know the amount of like signs I missed for people wanting to make out with me were very high. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I still think about it to this day. By the way, I'm like, oh man, that's what 
She wanted to kiss me. Damn it. Oh, I mean, I was so firm, Team Nolan, because A, I didn't, the new guy was like, it just, it felt like a cheap Uh, imitation. And that was unfair of me, probably. And then, on top of that, I had a crush on his sister, because she was cute. And I was like, why would you cheat on her? She's cute. And then she could sing and stuff like that, too. And so, I, and also just like, I kind of, uh, I think I gravitated a little bit more to Stray Light Run style, um, who then made a terrible second record. So oh. apparently that's just, it's so bad. Oh. Uh, but I love that first record of theirs. It's, it's fantastic. Tragic. What's that it song? Is tragic ex- existentialism on Prom Night? That's a yes. great oh, song. Oh, what a song. The whole album is really good. What a record. Um, it is really good. I think. Are we going to do that record? I think well, we I'm are, not- guys. I think we are. I would like to. I just Not feel like next, no one else listened to that record. Am I wrong? Uh, no, the three of us wrong. are the only ones? It's like the no, three no, of I, us. I think they had a solid fan base. I think, you think so? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, yeah. If anything, just the um, fact that like uh, I remember seeing their videos on Fuse and stuff, they had to be yeah. decently big. Yeah, so. I think they were. I think they, they did. Yeah, because they both kind of popped up in popularity after that. So, okay, well, it's good to know where we stood in the, in the uh, Taking Back Sunday drama, in the New Jersey drama even over here in Oklahoma, we knew about it and, uh, and we picked sides. So, <laughs> all right, well, thanks again for listening. Uh, and if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing review on iTunes and you can subscribe so that our new episodes just show up on your phone. It's a really easy way. Every two weeks just shows up. Uh, you can also send us comments, disagreements or suggestions, or you can tell us what side of the drama you're on between brand new and taking back Sunday or taking back Sunday in Australia or on whatever you want to talk about, uh, to info at findingemopod.com or on Twitter at findingemopod, Instagram at findingemopod, Facebook at findingemopod. Uh, next episode we are going to do is Fallout Boy. Take this to your grave. Uh, so look for that in a couple weeks. Uh, thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Bye.